So today we began learning uh, <coughs> the section of Matos. Now the laws that we're going to learn right in the beginning of the Parsha are very unique. They're different than all the other laws that we find in the Torah. Because we know all the commandments that we are allowed to do or not allowed to do were given to us by God. So they are Hashem's instructions to us what we must do or what we cannot do. But in our parsha, we're going to see that there are some times that even though Hashem did not tell us to do it or not to do it, we can obligate ourselves. Now one can say, oh, I'm going to make a vow um, that I'm not going to drink wine, say, for example. So one can say, um, you can make a vow from today till tomorrow, but who says what you said means anything? You can say what you want, but maybe you can allow, you, you, you said I'm not going to drink wine, then you can go ahead and drink wine. The Torah tells us, which means, if you make a vow, then you must fulfill your vow. So essentially, it's a mitzvah of making a vow, but essentially, you are taking something which is technically permitted, because Hashem didn't say you can't drink the wine, and you're saying, I'm making a vow, and you're saying that you're not going to drink it. So you have the power, sort of, to prohibit for yourself something which has not been prohibited. Now, whether that's a good idea or a bad idea, that really depends on, and there's various in the Gemara, also the Rebbe explains very well in the Sikhas, about that sometimes people need a vow to prohibit themselves things that are permissible, because that way it protects them so that they don't violate something which is prohibited. So, you know, they know if they go through a certain street, maybe they will fail. So they make a vow, I'm not going to go in that street. So that's, that vow is something which is an additional uh, precaution. That's a, uh, a good, that's a positive thing to make a vow like that. But on the other hand, we find that sometimes a person shouldn't just make vows, deny himself things that are permissible. Because things that Hashem wants, gives you, makes a beautiful world, and wants you to be able to enjoy it, one shouldn't just deny, afflict themselves not to enjoy. But that's another subject. But the other interesting thing about this Pasha is that it begins a little bit different than the usual way. All the Pashas begin by Dabra Hashem, El Moshe Leimer, and then Moshe speaks to Bnei Yisrael, or by Moshe, Tzavis Bnei Yisrael, and Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to the Bnei Yisrael. But here, you know, also in the Torah, it doesn't always, it's not uh, uh, work exactly systematic. So like in this parasha, it begins with Moshe saying, it doesn't say Hashem said to Moshe, but it just records Moshe saying to the people. So sometimes it says what Hashem said to Moshe, and it doesn't say how Moshe Rabbeinu says it to the people. Sometimes it says Moshe said it to the people, and it doesn't say that Hashem told him to say so to the people. But it's understood, you got to fill in sort of the blanks, and understood if Moshe Rabbeinu said it, that was what God told him to say. But the unique thing about this parsha is two things. First of all, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to the leaders of the tribes. Always, it doesn't usually distinguish, it doesn't make a difference. It says he talks to the Bnei Yisrael. Or sometimes we find he talks, Shem says to him, talk to the Kohanim. So, 
if there was laws like in Pasha Zemmer, for example, those are laws that pertain to Kahanim. Over there, it makes sense that Hashem will say, speak to the Kahanim B'nei Ari, speak to them, because it's laws that pertain to them, it's specific for them, so therefore you tell them those halachas. But the halachas in this parish of Aneder really don't have any special significance to any the leaders of the tribes. It's really for all Yid. Why would it, the Torah over here write Rosh Matis? Did Moshe Rabbeinu only say to the Rosh Matis? What actually happened over here? And um, Rashi says that actually this was the order, even though it specifies it over here, but this was the usual way how Moshe Rabbeinu would teach all of the Torah. First, Moshe Rabbeinu would teach the Torah, and Rashi doesn't say all of the details over here, but Rashi alludes this over here. Rashi would teach the Torah that Hashem told him to Aaron. After Moshe Rabbeinu finished with Aaron, it was the sons of Aaron. And then he went to the leaders, the leaders of the tribes. They came before, and then the rest of the Bnei Yisrael. So even though in this parish it says he spoke to the Rosh Amatis, but it doesn't mean just to the Rosh Amatis. He also honored them. He gave them before teaching the rest of the Jewish people, he taught the leaders first. He gave them an extra, he gave them a precedent, he taught them first. But then Rashi wonders, but why does this idea mentioned specifically by the Nedarim? Why specifically by another? How come we don't find this order elsewhere? Rashi explains that when it comes to a Nedar, we have a special um, um, a value we see the value of a leader, the value of somebody, so to speak, who is higher up. Because as far as the uh, vows go, and we're going to learn that sometimes it's not clear in the verse over here, but we learn it out from the verses that um, a sage has the right to annul a vow uh, by finding, by being mater neder, by finding a, uh, a reason to allow a vow, like by saying, well, had you known that you couldn't withstand it, then you would not have vowed it, and that's the way to find an opening to allow. But the halacha is that it takes either three ordinary people, which make a bezdin, or it takes an individual who's an expert. So we see that the level of expertise is valued as far as the halachas of Nedorim, and that's what Rashi explains, that's why the Torah mentions over here specifically the leaders, to give them values. Another comment Rashi makes is also that Moshe Rabbeinu said, Zehadavar. Rashi points out that um, the other prophets, they use the words, Koyomar Hashem, so said Hashem. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Kichatzois, just like, not Koy, but Ki. But in addition to that, Moshe Rabbeinu also prophesied by saying, Zeh which means the level of prophecy that Moshe Rabbeinu had was greater than all the other uh, prophecies. And that's why he used Lush and Zadover. But I'm saying that perhaps we can tie all these things together. We can say that because we are talking about over here a special, uh, a special kind of a, of a mitzvah, a mitzvah which is sort of comes from the bottom up. All the mitzvahs come from Hashem that is giving it to the people. But over here, sort of, it's the uh, the people are the ones that are bringing up the mitzvah because they're the one that are making the vow. And they're making the prohibitions. So maybe because of that, it also is fitting 
to talk about the number one that Moshe Rabbeinu was told, Zeh, in other words, it had a more power to say, this is what Hashem said, meaning even though this is almost something which comes from the people, but it's sort of the same as Dovar Hashem, this is still as valuable as any other mitzvah, because Zeh Dovar, this is actually what Hashem has commanded. And also the idea that it has the force from the Rosh Matas, it has the force from the sages, even though the sages, you know, annul it, but it, it shows that it has uh, a tremendous force, that if not of the special annulment that would come from the Rosh Matas, or perhaps also to allude to the fact that a mitzvah of the Ebrister, there's no dispensation. So you know, like, if a person, if the Torah says, you know, uh, like the guy comes to the uh, test and the uh, professor wants to give him the exam, and the exam on Shabbos. He says, I can't take the exam on Shabbos. Shabbos, I can't write. So the professor says, can't you go to your rabbi and get a dispensation for this one time? He should tell you that you can go ahead and write on Shabbos. So he says, there's no such a thing as a dispensation. When it's a mitzvah that comes from the there. There is no, there is no dispensation over there. But a mitzvah, which is something that you bring upon yourself, over there we have also the level of harot, that is also the level of the Baal. But in either, either way, the Eibishter made a promise that he has to take us out of Kolos. And that's time for sure for Hashem. That's not a promise that Hashem can sort of annul because he's made it in a public way. And there are certain levels of a vow that if you make it al Rabim, you make it in a way that is not something that you can sort of get away. So we hope that Hashem will fulfill His promise before Shivasa Betamus. Yavchu Yom Melu, the Sasan of Simcha.